Welcome back to Core Conversations, a Core Logic podcast, where we dive into the heart of what makes the property market tick. I'm May Claire Bolton Smith, your host and curious observer of all things related to property, from affordable housing to market trends and the impacts of natural disasters to climate change. I want to converse about it all. For many, home is where the heart is. But while houses can elicit a strong emotional attachment from those who live in them, it's also worth remembering that property is an enormous asset class that props up the U.S. economy. The value of homes and their effect on the economy were on display during the pandemic when prices hurtled on an upward trajectory and affordability quickly became a concern. In fact, June 2022 marked the 125th consecutive month of year-over-year home price growth, according to the CoreLogic Home Price Index. This unrelenting growth nudged the Fed to step up earlier this year and hike up interest rates to temper the housing market. For anyone who lives in the U.S., the consequences of this choice on home mortgage payments as well as the price of consumer goods are apparent. In spite of the continued strength on the U.S. housing market, there are rumblings that an economic slowdown is on the horizon to puncture the so-called housing bubble. However, as with life, things can be unfair, and not all markets are rated to be affected equally. So where are those markets with the highest risk of price decline? Where are the places that are likely to continue to see home price growth? Joining us today for a tour of the country's property market and some insights into how price growth is evolving, we are once again joined by CoreLogic Principal Economist Molly Basil. Molly, welcome back to Core Conversations. Hi, May Claire. It's really great to be here again. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you again. So you were just here a few months ago for, honestly, one of my favorite episodes talking about myths in the housing market. Um, That's episode 33, if our listeners want to check it out. But as a reminder to those who have maybe heard that or maybe don't know much about you, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your role here at CoreLogic? And I guess while you're at it, can you talk about your involvement with the monthly home price index or the HPI, as we call it? Yeah, sure. So I'm in the office of the chief economist at CoreLogic, and I'm a principal economist. And, you know, in addition to talking about the myths of the housing market, (laughs) I follow just basically trends in the housing market. Um, So anywhere from, you know, home sales, um, uh, like you said, home prices. And then also we talk about um, rents and what's happening with with the uh, rental market as well. So just covering a lot of different trends in the market and trying to see where it's taking us. And what about the HPI specifically? Can you tell a little bit about just a little bit about what the the home price index report is? Sure. We put out the home price index every month. It covers the nation, uh, states, metros, and um, even down to the county level. And we look at price changes, mostly from a year ago. We look at it by um, property type. We look at it by price tier. And uh, then we also in there every month, we put our forecast for 12 months out. So mm, you can okay. see what our home price forecast is saying as well. And in addition to that, we list some metros that are uh, risk of price declines. And ah, we okay. also have, uh, I believe, 10 metros we cover every month where we list also if they what their forecast is a year out. And then if they're considered to be undervalued or overvalued or at value. Okay. So just to give okay. you a really broad view of what's going on with home prices and then also a sneak peek into what our forecast is. 
Something that many people are paying attention to is the effect of rising interest rates on home price growth. This is all over the news and everyone's talking about it. So the HPI, which CoreLogic released, which reviews data from May, CoreLogic is projecting that year-over-year appreciation will drop to 4.3%. Exactly, yeah. What does this mean for the average homeowner? And, and I guess also not just homeowners, but investors. What does this mean? Yeah, so, I mean, you alluded to, to interest rates going up. So, uh, you know, as you as everyone knows, mortgage rates, or specifically the 30-year mortgage rate, is about three percentage points higher than it mm. was uh, at its at its bottom last year. It's crazy um, so how what's, fast that happened. It, it really happened fast. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think anyone expected mortgage rates to increase so quickly uh, yeah. in 2022. In just in the beginning of the year, they were in the three percent range, and now they're yeah. above five percent. So what that has done is it's made monthly payments uh, much higher for mm-hmm. your average mm-hmm. borrower. So we have this metric we like to look at, which is the typical mortgage payment. And say, what's the average, what's the monthly payment a borrower would pay on a median priced home at the going 30 yeah. year rate? You know, so let's say they put down 20%. Well, that's increased by 50% from that's where crazy. it was a year ago. So, so you think about these mortgage rates going up. And then you talked about home prices also reaching that that high a couple of months ago. And, you know, the borrowers are just being priced out of the market. Things are becoming really wow. unaffordable. So that's really what's starting to slow down the uh, prices. Wow. So prices that's... are slowing a bit, but they're still going up. So you said we hit a high of, you know, around 20% in May and then we have, you know, prices have eased a little bit, but they're still mm-hmm. going up around 18%. So wow, you know, we're high. still near, we're still re- near that record high. And that's on top of the 16% from a increase from a year ago. So you can wow. just, you can just see how borrowers are getting priced out of the market, which that's going to just take a little bit of air out of, out of things. Yeah, absolutely. Is is that across the board, like across the nation, or are there markets with particularly high risk of price decline? And and if so, why these markets in particular? Well, you know that, like you mentioned, that is a national average. Some parts yeah. of the country are some metros are going up even faster. So in uh, our recent uh, home price index release, we had Miami up about twenty five percent from a year ago. Wow. So that's about the highest uh, for the whole country. Well, Phoenix up 26%. So some parts of the country just just going up much higher. Even the lowest areas are still going up by about 10% from a year ago. So up across the board, definitely. Out of curiosity, those ones that are going up so much, why? What, What makes those so desirable to make them go up so high? Well, that's a great question, actually. (laughs) You know, one thing that pushes up home prices, well, a couple of things. There's demand Mm -hmm. and then the lack of supply. So some areas have very, very low supply and they have a lot of demand. And that demand is coming from people moving to those areas. So a lot of people are moving to Florida. A lot of people are moving to, to Arizona. So that keeps prices just, just keep going up. But you did ask me about risk of price declines. And when we have prices continuing to increase, you know, at these, you know, near 20% rates, 
rates. And then, like I said, 25, 26% some other places, you do start to worry about the risk of a price decline. A lot mm. of, a lot of your listeners have got the great recession, the housing crash in mind. Yeah. You know, we're, we're asked about that all the time. Is this, is, are we going to have something like that? Well, probably not, but you know, it's in our memory and yeah. the, when we have prices go up so quickly, that does make us start to see risks of price declines in some areas. We're not seeing it across the nation though. Nothing okay. like what we saw, you know, in 2008. Um, but we have seen risks of price declines go up and these are in areas that have seen really high increases, uh, mostly in the Northwest. Okay. Um, and then also a little bit in the Northeast, but in the Northwest, we've just seen prices go up. Incomes haven't kept up. And with this increase in uh, mortgage rates, you know, that's starting to price some, some uh, buyers out of the market that's slowing home sales. And that's mm -hmm. then just starting to slow prices a little bit. And then the risk of price declines go up. Now, I'm still talking about a risk of a price decline. We haven't seen sure, prices yeah. decline anywhere yet. So, but that's just, wow. you know, things are getting a little riskier. Wow. Well, it's super interesting. And, you know, one thing I do want to circle back on is this whole topic of inventory that you mentioned in the supply and demand. And this is something that you and I talked about last time we were talking about housing myths. And, you know, one of the things is that there's has not been sufficient construction to keep up with the demand. The demand is much higher. And that's what's really shot housing prices up, especially in these metro areas where people are moving to flocking to in some instances, and there just isn't the properties for them to purchase. And that's just shooting the, the values up. Is this still the case? Is Are we still in a shortage of property, available properties, especially like new construction type properties? Or, you know, and if we had more new construction and additional properties on the market, would that help with some of these pricing increases that we're seeing? Well, you know, I wish I had better news for you on inventories. They're still very low. Um, wow. They are starting to build a little bit and they're building because sales are slowing. Mm, okay. So the inventory that's out there is, is it's sitting out there a little longer, not still not very long, but, but inventories are still pretty tight. If you look at um, compared to 2021, 2020, 2019, 2022 still has the lowest inventories of any of those years. But like wow. I said, it is starting to build a, a little bit. Now we're also seeing uh, that home builders are, are pulling back as well. So we're not, well, they are building, they are building less than they were a year mm -hmm. ago. So mm -hmm. we are seeing builders pull back a bit. A lot of that has to do with uh, mortgage rates, not necessarily maybe mm -hmm. mortgage rates for the builders, but the cost of borrowing in general. Sure. You know, it's more expensive for them. And then new homes are typically more expensive than resales. So borrowers who are starting to get priced out because of price increases and mortgage rate increases may not be as interested in buying new construction. So right. you have a lot working against the builders. The uh, National Association of Home Builders um, has a, a home builder sentiment index, and okay. they're showing that builders are, are not feeling that great about the market right now. So then when hmm. they are not feeling good about the market, they start to pull back. 
Sure. Yeah. So we're not, you know, while we are seating, we're still seeing building, but it's just yeah. less than it was. And you may not know this, Molly, but I know last time when we talked about this too, some of that was also in part to the cost of construction materials. Oh, yeah, Is that still, that's, that's probably still something a, still that's driving? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. that hasn't eased as well. So, okay. you know, great point about costs. Costs are up, uh, across the board for everyone. Yeah. So builders are, are, are feeling that as well. Yeah. And I think that's what we kind of even alluded to off the top is just in general, everything is more expensive and that we're seeing it, the crunch everywhere. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the Mortgage Bankers Association, the MBA. They found in June that despite higher interest rates, mortgage application payments and home buyer affordability stabilized for the first time in several months. And this is actually really interesting, given the fact that interest rates are so high. How do these findings interplay with the research that we've done here at CoreLogic, demonstrating, you know, a little bit of a cooling off of the housing market? What have we seen with trends? Oh, yeah. No, that's a great point. I referred to earlier this um, metric we look at called the typical mortgage payment. Um, mm -hmm. This this metric from the, the uh, mortgage bankers is very similar. So, you know, when I said that payments went up by 50%, I was talking about compared to a year ago. So it is really interesting to see, you know, kind of like, are we at a turning point now? So yeah. the mortgage bankers are looking at where we are now compared to last month, maybe the month before, and they're seeing things level off. And that's a great point that, mm -hmm. you know, prices are still going up, but they're not going up by as much. So okay. that's starting to cool a tiny bit. And then um, mortgage rates are kind of leveling off. So they shot up in April of this year, but then they have kind of bounced around between, you know, five and a quarter, five and a half percent around mm -hmm. there. And that's really what uh, everyone expects them, you know, economists expect mortgage rates to stay yeah. roughly in the five to 6% range. So okay. you're not going to see, uh, when we look at next year, you're not going to see the payment shot up another 50%. Gotcha. Maybe okay. actually will maybe even be a little lower when we get to next year. Okay. But um, yeah, well. so we are starting to see what we might um, think about as a tipping point in the market. Maybe a little bit of good news for somebody that's looking to purchase a new home in the in the next year or so. Um, well, especially if they uh, feel comfortable that mortgage rates aren't going to spike again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, guess, I think that's know, where you get into where the Federal Reserve has been mm, very mm -hmm. vocal and open about yeah. what they plan to do with the with raising rates. So when they are open with that and and they let uh, what everyone know that's what their plan is it does help stabilize things i'm glad you mentioned that because that, that's a really important part about this too and and i think there was a lot of unknowns last year and i feel like maybe we're less unknown this year because of the transparency that the fed has given with what their intentions are exactly exactly yeah. and they really need to tackle these uh, this inflation problem mm -hmm. and you know once they tackle that then they'll they'll stop raising rates, but we aren't there yet. Inflation is still up close to 40 year highs, even That's though it's crazy. eased a tiny bit in the last couple of months. Wow. It's so crazy. Um, so if, if we go back to the home price index uh, report that, that you re released recently, one of the big things that you calculate is the, how home prices change over time. But, you know, one thing I, I kind of want to talk about a little bit about is prices 
are vastly different across the country. Like I live in the Silicon Valley in California. We talk about this a lot where home prices are just insane. You live in a very expensive metro as well too, over on the East Coast. It's very different in the middle of the country in some parts. How do you control for price variations for different markets? Yeah, so with our home price index, uh, it's a repeat uh, pairing index. So one thing we do is we look at the same property uh, mm. where it's the same property, how it sells at different points of time. And we calculate okay. out the, the uh, increase or, you know, if there's a decrease that way. We also, our index also is by state. We look at it by county, metro, okay. uh, sometimes even down to the zip code. So you know, we have, wow. you know, if we were researching a specific part of the country, we would probably go down to state maybe metro definitely uh, maybe down to the county level so you know it's a it's a pretty deep uh index okay that that's good to know and that's really interesting just because it is so variable across the country um it also leads me to then think about rentals and rent prices are we seeing similar trends in rent prices i mean we've talked in the podcast earlier in the year too about how some rents are just skyrocketing as well and we've seen so many changes in the rental market yeah we're seeing definitely similar trends with rents as we are with home prices just okay. as prices are up across the board or across the country with home prices, they're up across the country with rents. We look at single family rents. So that's mm -hmm. probably the closest, you know, you get to uh, something somebody might buy. And we had in, I think it was May, our single family rent index was up almost 14% wow the year before so that means rents wow. nationwide 14 percent. that's nationwide the national yeah wow. yes now wow. so that's national okay so the place that's increasing the fastest is miami they increased wow. about 35 percent from a oh year ago. my goodness so someone, wow yeah someone wow. signing a new lease in miami is paying 35 percent more for that same property Wow. So, you know, rents are going up. Uh, and so do, do we know what's so desirable about Miami to trigger that? Uh, you know, you have a lot of people moving to Miami who are going down there for jobs that pay mm. really well. So, you know, the new entrants to the metro are have really high salaries. So they're just paying these these higher rents. Wow. Um, so you have renters facing really high prices. Yeah. And that actually, you know, even though some some people are getting bid or priced out of the homes, you know, home buying market, that could yeah. also because rents are so high, keep people still interested in buying a home. Sure, because yeah. when they buy a home, they aren't faced with that, you know, what did I say, 14% nationwide. Yeah. increase in their payment. So that helps them keep their, their payment stable. So that's why wow. we still see buyers, you know, they're not just automatically flipping to the rental market. Um, they are yeah. still interested in purchasing. Wow. So interesting. Um, okay. So just to finish off today, Molly, uh, sometimes in these episodes, I like to pretend to look into a crystal ball and see what the future holds. And I love the fact that you alluded to what we kind of projected might happen at the end of the year for this year in terms of interest rates. Um, 
if we had to think uh, what the future would look like with home prices up 18%, 18.3% again this year, but you are predicting or expecting potentially a slowdown, what does this mean um, for those that are currently looking to either buy or sell their home? Is it now going to be now or never? Is it a good time? Is it a bad time? What What do you think if we had to look into our crystal ball and think about what's going to happen? Well, things are slowing down. So y- you are seeing, you know, inventories build. So that could be good for some mm-hmm. shoppers who are looking if they're seeing inventories build a bit, if they've got the income to support the prices that we have. Sure. But prices, you know, we, we said prices are going to slow to about a 5% increase next year. So I don't know that the that urgency is out there mm, right now okay. to kind of get in before, you know, so prices shoot up another, you know, 20% if they're, if they're slowing a bit. So it could just be um, still a good time to look and buy, but maybe they'll take their time a little more. Sure. Well, thank you, Molly. This has been so great. It's always a joy to have you on the podcast and look forward to have you back again. And thanks for joining us today on Core Conversations, the CoreLogic podcast. Oh yeah. It's always a pleasure, May Claire. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode. Please remember to leave us a review and let us know your thoughts and subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. And thanks to the team for helping bring this podcast to life. Producer Jesse Devenins, editor and sound engineer Romeo Roman, and social media duo Sarah Buck and Michaela Brooks. Tune in next time for another Core Conversation.